friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, round two with my good friend uh, Bill Gardner. And reason being is we talked a lot about Logo Lounge last time, which was so much fun. Yep. But Bill has run such a successful and admirable uh, studio firm, whatever we call it, for a while. And I just feel like we should give it its just due. And it definitely deserves its just Thank due. You. So say <laughs> hi again, Bill. <laughs> Thank you very very much. Hey, and I, I got the biggest kick out of listening to the last one. So anybody who's listening to this one that didn't listen to the previous one, I'll let you throw the plug in for that. Absolutely. You got to go back and listen to it. There's a lot of good stuff worth talking about and hearing. Um, but Gardner Design, um, I think, I mean, when I first went to Logo Lounge, I was like, man, who's behind this? And then I ended up at Gardner Design and immediately, you know, the jealousy kicks in because back then I was very young and I didn't know how to process my emotions. But, um, you know, I'm like, man, they're doing some awesome work. Um, yeah. And this month we're talking about kind of like this idea of spring cleaning and keeping relevant. Um, yep. And so... Tell me, like, why don't you tell us all more about Gardner Design? What's the day-to-day like? Um, what's your bread and butter? And, um, you know, what, what, what kind of started it? Sure. Uh, well, okay, I'll wander back uh, and, uh, and I'll, I'll make a couple of quick confessions here. One, yep. <laughs> that uh, I have a degree in both business and in uh, fine arts and design. Smart. And, uh, well, <laughs> kind of, you know, the business, the business came about because my dad had said, you know, you can't go wrong with a business degree. So, um, yeah. uh, pursued that and didn't want to go into the family business, which was real estate appraisal. So, uh, <laughs> I was putting myself through college doing magic at the time. And I had a good friend of mine that was, uh, Kansas state university. And I thought, you know, he's got an extra room. I'll go bunk up up there. I'm not a bad designer. Maybe I could, uh, design, you know, uh, you know, a logo or two. I hadn't really thought mm-hmm. that far, but. Uh, went up to Kansas State long enough to figure out they didn't have much of a design program to find my wife and uh, to come back to Wichita State where I finished up both degrees, both the business and the uh, fine art degree, sir, the design degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, um, it was a matter of trying to find work and uh, find somebody that wanted to hire me. And I had a relatively good portfolio, but I also had a reputation as uh, doing magic, which everybody knew me for. So I would mm-hmm. go into an interview and I would show my portfolio and they'd go, God, that's great stuff. Do a trick. <laughs> I realized really quickly that I had to put the magic part away and focus on design. So we kind of put that away. Um, so for uh, the next couple of years, I just started doing freelance projects that uh, uh, I started a little office. Uh, pretty soon I was doing enough freelance. I needed to hire somebody to help out. And it just kind of grew from there. So that was 1983 that it started. And mm-hmm. uh, here we are today. And uh, about... Ten of us here in the office on a good day. Everybody's here. Um, uh-huh. And, yeah, you started asking a question. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I just said, uh-huh. That's good. Um, it yeah. would be funny. Like, if someone asked me to do a trick, I'd probably do that whole, like, thumb thing where it looks like I'm taking off my thumb. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, that, that's all I got. You know, hey, here's another trick. Write a check. I'll show you how money goes away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that, <laughs> I, you know, Did you I, actually do the trick? Did you do a it, trick when he asked? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would. But, you know, it's one of those situations where 
um, you know, that, that literally was how I put myself through college and it took me around the world and, you know, spending That's time awesome. with David Copperfield and Siegfried and Roy and all kinds of other people that, uh, you don't really want to admit to having spent time in your life with, but it, you know, it, 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 it was one of those things where I got to meet some of the world's greatest magicians and, uh, work with them. And, you know, that, that, that was a cool, you know, uh, very unexpected kind of beginning to my business career. And you'd be amazed how much I learned from magic that I carried across to design actually so well it's storytelling too right i mean you, you kind of got to take the the viewer through the journey you can't just like make the statue of liberty disappear you know well there's theater to it there's yeah. the build-up um yeah i can see i can yeah. see the correlation you know I, I i think there's this unexpected aspect uh that you learn in magic uh that uh carries across to design that is one of those things where you know you you figure out how people are delighted and right. you know that really what we do i <laughs> we're we're more than a bunch of trained monkeys uh right at the same time there's there's this entertainment value to uh what you do and this this trying to please people uh, that uh, is very much a part of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Even when you're presenting work, I find, I mean, um, I, I've seen some brilliant work presented very poorly. Sometimes it was me presenting it very poorly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I know. Well, yeah, you know, you, you have off days. Everyone has off days. And so I just remember I look back on a couple of those and I'm like, whoo, I was severely unimpressive. <laughs> like, that was really bad. Um, you know, but there's a certain amount of pumping up, and I think that's my goal for this year is to get yeah. – um, be happy and elated when you're presenting because it comes through and it kind of gets the client doing the same. And um, it really does. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, your your attitude is entirely going to affect their attitude about how good they feel about buying it from you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anecdote, case in point, um, I yeah. won't mention any names, um, but there was a rather prominent uh, brand who found themselves uh, with a restaurant uh, brand mm -hmm. and, and they, 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 they haven't, they, they haven't had restaurants before that. So they, they bought into it. They really liked it, blah, blah, blah. They asked us up and it was supposed to be um, a kind of discovery. Let's chat, get more information session right. uh, with a couple of people. And I walked in and I, and I asked, I asked, I'm like, okay, so listen, you know, what's this going to be sure? like? Yeah. Yeah, you sure you sure this isn't gonna be more? Like we can prepare some things like, no, let's just talk about it when you get here. Let's, you know, work through it. Below. Okay, great, cool. I show up expecting a small room with like two or three other people. Uh we get hit with twelve of the senior staff. And my goodness, if uh if yeah. if, if, if to be a fly on the wall, let's just put it that way. A little bit caught uh, off guard. Uh caught completely off guard, and I'm like Okay, Joseph, you have enough, uh, you know, personality to fill a boat and send it to China. So let's just roll with this like Steve Winwood and uh, see if we can uh, land this plane. Oh, man, I got roasted so bad. It was, like, the CEO just tore into me. Wait, was, um, was that the end of it then? Or did uh, how did it turn out? I think I landed on one foot with a slightly okay. turned ankle, but I, I, I was upright. Um, you know, it Design was uh, true designer, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Like it's, so I walked out and I'm like, you know, and the three of us were just standing in the corner, and I'm like, I don't know what just happened, um, but I'm I'm sure I didn't do a good job. Um, but I feel like we we didn't sink the ship, but we are definitely you know one of you is bailing water out while the other three are paddling like heavily. So um, you know, good news is I think you know we're we're not out of the picture. Um, 
But I think it did shine a light on maybe they weren't quite ready and that we need to be better prepared for round two. And I'm pretty sure it'll be round two. So, you know, that would make um, a great book or a great podcast is uh, just uh, meetings that didn't go as planned. You know, um, I, I think there's something there and we've all experienced that at one point or another <laughs> to yeah. a degree that, you know, hopefully we've, uh, it, it's kind of like an experienced designer versus a non-experienced designer. Somebody straight out of school has six tricks that they can fall back on. Right. Somebody who has been at us, you know, who's been at this for years has, you know, hundreds of tricks that they can fall back on. You know, right. when you've only got six tricks you can fall back on, <laughs> things can sometimes go sideways. And it's just that way. Yeah, yeah, it, it truly is all about experience. I, I agree, and I think you know, um, with that, like having having that magician's mentality, I think there's a certain amount of that too. I mean, talk about a literal bag of tricks, but also being able to kind of surprise and delight people, and also um, guide them where you need them to go for them to end up in the place that you think is best for them. I think that's quite awesome. Sure. Um, so kudos on that, man. Um, so this month, you know, the, the theme that we're trying to uh, talk about, but I usually do a pretty pretty poor job of that. But um, <laughs> we, we, you know, you just get into the to the to the banter. I think it's even better. But um, you know, so you you mentioned 1983. When did Gardner? When was it officially established? Uh, so 1983. You know, it's just it was, okay. It was 1983. Yeah. Straight out of college. And uh, just to give some iteration uh, in there, uh, we established a uh, AIGA chapter in Wichita in 1987. And it was the 16th one in the U.S. And they didn't, uh, Wichita wasn't on their map. Uh, They were planning on one uh, here. And at the time it was with uh, Sonia Gretemann and Susan Mekalecki um, who worked separately and we worked pretty well together. So we -hmm. actually formed a uh, Gardner Gretemann Mekalecki firm after that. um, And then uh, a few years after that, uh, that was disbanded and uh, Gardner Design started up. So I've uh, got clients that I had back from 1985, I think, still sticking around here. So um, that's amazing. You know, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's kind of an interesting story. But our focus was, and and uh, you know, I Joseph always had this fascination with identity design and uh, branding, and that was always the direction that we've uh, had our greatest focus and our greatest success. So uh, we continue that to this day. And what's interesting is back then, um, I think the the, the technical term for what uh, we do would be corporate identity. Um, And and even the terminology, I mean, now there's this big B word that I'm convinced only like 5% of people who use it know what it means. Um, (laughs) And and to that point, uh, you know, branding is one of those things that uh, depending on what a firm specializes in, that's what they consider branding. Um, right, so, right. You know, it's, it's what we do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually remembering back to uh, when we were referred to as commercial artists as opposed to graphic right. designers that, you know, kind of move forward. But, you know, uh, I, I think that the uh, amazing thing is that there have been so many uh, shifts and variants in the field that we're in that um, uh, have really changed what we do uh, dramatically mm-hmm. in a physical sense. I mean, the way that we go about the process, but uh, in the end, you'd be surprised. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of branding uh, is still to some degree what it's always been, which is uh, public perception. Right. Yeah. Communicating, communicating values. Um, yep. yep. 
all of that. And I think, you know, what's great is like, you know, the more things change, I think is what you're saying. The more things change, the more they stay the same um, in a lot of ways. But I think what does change is how the the world and and using consumers, I guess, is a word or whatever, but the people in general, how do they, how they react and how like what gets their attention, um, what gets their attention in the right way, I'll say, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can stick a pig in the middle of, uh, you know, the, the square and chop off its head. and It's going to get attention. That doesn't mean it's going to sell, you know, more shampoo. Hang on. Um, let, me, let me write that one down. I have not yeah. done that one yet. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to. You stick a pig. In the- <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sage like is my advice. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I think design wise, I remember uh, going into my first job. Um, mm-hmm out of college and that I think would have been and this is not a jab in any way but that would have been 2003 mm-hmm. um and uh, I would have been 23 at the time and I remember looking at some of the design happening around me and uh, uh with the two other designers that were there and I'm like man that looks so 1995 yeah um and so you know I think that can happen very easily but I I truly honestly feel that Gardner design has stayed visually relevant yeah. Um, how, how do you even begin to approach that? Uh, considering you've been open for, yeah, I, my math is 35 years. Well, let me, let me, let me pass on the really big secret, which is I don't do all the identity, uh, work. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have just, uh, uh, been incredibly fortunate if, you know, the, the, the one talent that, uh, people most I'm thinking associate with me is being able to find talent. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that we've got, we have and have had an incredible uh, cadre of designers that have uh, uh, been part of Gardner Design. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, I have uh, Brian Miller, Brian Miller, who's my senior vice president and uh, uh, senior art director, and uh, uh, Brian Weens, who uh, is art director and amazing designer, Adam Anderson, who's uh, art director, amazing designer, um, a gentleman named uh, Nathan Holtis, who's uh, just joined us, who's just really uh, doing some amazing design. And over the years, we've had just a cast of really exceptional uh, designers that have stayed with us for number of years that have gone on to their own companies and the likes. So, um, it, you know, it's a situation where you can't kind of go back and say, well, isn't that amazing? Bill continues to draw great logos. <laughs> it's not about right, right. logos, but, you know, it is the fact that, uh, you know, if I, if I do an age span here, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so uh, there's... There are people from every generation here that are designing, you know, and they uh, really bring to the team a degree of relevance. So the youngest designer, you know, uh, brings nuances uh, to the team that do better by the virtue of uh, speaking to the older designers because mm-hmm. they're able to show them how to make it relevant um, uh, and, and vice versa. So I think that really it's a generational thing. And uh, right. that, uh, there's, there is nobody here that uh, doesn't have just an incredible passion mm-hmm. for design. And I'll often tell people that I've, I have yet to hire somebody based off of where they went to school or what right. their GPA was um, that, you know, that either of those might get them an interview, but it right. doesn't get them hired. Um, what really gets them hired, you know, uh, obviously the book works in there and you can tell when someone has it. But uh, the thing that really does it is passion. And, right. uh, it's and being named Brian. 
And <laughs> yeah. since we do have a couple of Brian's here, this is, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of my Brian, Ellen, Emily right now. We also have two Ellens here and uh, uh, Emily, who is our um, uh, She's our uh, marketing director um, mm -hmm. and uh, development director. Uh, we, we've got two other Emilys that we work with as uh, freelance. And uh, so getting all of our names yeah. straight, you know, if, if it's a Brian and Eleanor and Emily, we can get you in here. Yeah, it's usually good just to go with the last name. But then uh, I think with the last name like Miller, well, you yeah. can run into some other uh, issues yeah. as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a lot of fun though. But I mean, so that's good. I mean, that's the true, I think, mark of a lead, you know, a creative leader and a creative director. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that because um, they see themselves as this, um, the epicenter of the design and that they, it has to be their hand doing it in order to be a good creative director when really it is spotting talent and fostering it. Yeah. Um, but at you some know, point. You said something and it, it, it reminds yeah. me that there, there was a point in time early in my career when I had hired designers where the term art director really mm -hmm. took meaning for me. And I want everybody to kind of pause for just a second and think about this art director. I mean, what the, the title says it all, you're directing the art. It doesn't say right. you're doing the art. It says you're directing it. And, you know, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people yeah. who are going to kind of, well, I'm a designer art director. Well, that's, that's fine. You can be both. But yeah. I mean, there is value to understanding how to direct the art. Yeah, I mean, that that's communication, too. I mean, so I've known a lot of creative directors and art directors who can't communicate to save their life. Um, they, they can do it and they can show you. But I mean, if you're going to, you know, I mean, that's really how you scale too. essentially is being able to trust other folks to do good work. And that is part of having a good eye for talent, too. You know, and so so here's an interesting question that will make me sound like a total um, coastal elitist, which is a, <laughs> a word that you're hearing more and more. But um, <laughs> so. The talent pool in Wichita. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, I, I mean, is there? I, obviously, there's enough to sustain some quality, like really good work with with y'all. You can see that in your studio. But um, what's yeah, it like well, trying me, to attract talent? You know. Yeah. Let me let me kind of share that. Uh, what and I'm positive that people on the coast know this already. But uh, if you've ever watched uh, The Wizard of Oz, it took place in Kansas. And mm -hmm. what happened was when that house dropped. It was full of designers, and it kind of broke open like an egg, and you know they propagated, and it's you no. Know, so, know, so it, you're it, saying you're it, the great and powerful yeah, Oz, yeah, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, here, here's a little hint. When, uh, when, when you meet somebody from Kansas, the first thing that a person from Kansas always hears is, "Oh yeah, the Wizard of Oz," and people in uh, Kansas sit there and they just kind of cringe. But you know, but we take it. So just to get that out of the way, um, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, seriously, um, uh, I think that uh, one of the things that has made a tremendous difference is that there has been a strong uh, design aesthetic uh, that came from this area, which actually dates back to the uh, 30s, 40s, and 50s, believe mm -hmm. it or not. Um, there were a couple of printers uh, in this area. One was called Western Litho and one was called uh, McCormick Armstrong mm -hmm. that Back in the day, if you were if you wanted to uh, design an annual report, if you wanted to design a calendar for your company, if you wanted to, you went to a printer. You didn't mm -hmm. go to a designer, and uh, the printer may or may not have somebody on staff that could do a modest amount of art or set some type or draw a picture. 
And uh, at the time, both of these companies um, started employing designers, or they, they, you know, it's what ultimately became designers. They were artists or commercial artists. And there were some of actual tremendous renown and repute, uh, some of which became fine artists, some of which were just uh, graphic designers, but really developed a great reputation there nationally and internationally. Mm -hmm. And from that, um, there were some firms that were started up, and you can actually date back uh, some of these uh, some designers today through the generations of people that they've learned from uh, within this this area. Now, the the real answer probably goes to this: there are a handful of just really exceptional designers uh, around here that mm. uh, have employed a lot of uh, designers and taught them well. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing that comes into this is a work ethic. And I'm going to say something that maybe sounds unpopular here, but it'll mm -hmm. be an answer to your, to your question, which is that everybody wants to believe that they've got a strong work ethic. Right. You know, um, I'd say Atlanta. Yeah. Well, the thing about Atlanta is we've got a strong work ethic, but I've got to tell you, um, uh, this is farm country. And um, uh, probably <laughs> yeah. better than half of, despite the fact that Wichita is a you know, half million uh, people and it's a good sized city and you can do whatever you want to and find about anything here. Um, mm -hmm. We have any number of designers that were raised in you know, the rural uh, surroundings and that just have this incredibly tremendous work ethic. You know? right. And it is a matter of you put your head down and you just work at it until you get to that point. And it's not just about you know, making a wheat grow or you know, feeding the cattle. It mm -hmm. is really about whatever they undertake. And Wichita itself has this uh, just really incredible uh, work ethic that is associated with the aircraft industry, which is based here, that's associated mm -hmm. with a lot of different things. But uh, design is one of them. And we probably have some of the hardest working designers back here. And, you know, anymore, uh, it really doesn't matter where you are, does it? Um, right, you know, right. Um, if, if design was, the, if, if the epicenter design was in uh, your office in Atlanta, then you know, uh, anything that you post, we would see the next, you know, 30 seconds, you know, <laughs> it's right. yeah, yeah. just that quick. And, uh, like with, uh, with your website, I mean, you're posting the tremendous works of designers from around the world that may well be seen by people that admire restaurant, uh, uh menus or packaging and the likes mm -hmm. before that restaurant sells its first meal in the morning. Right. right. You know, Very much so. So, um, you know, there, I don't know if that kind of answered your question or not, but. Uh, no, no, it definitely does. I mean, because I think even in Atlanta, we have, um, it's, how do I put it? Like people go to school here and they think that they uh, have to go somewhere else in order to get respect Really? Okay. Um, yeah. So we, we, we hear a lot of that. We hear like, well, I really want to go to New York or L.A. That way I can work for X, Y, and Z and then be treated seriously. Um, you know, but then there's a lot of folks here who are like, bro, we're doing great work right here. You know, yeah, um, you don't have to go anywhere. And so I, I just wonder how, you know, how a smaller market um, – you know, even like it's different when you're in the Northeast because I really just feel like it's one big metropolis. I mean, right, you know, right. from D.C. to Baltimore, Philly, New York and even Boston, it's, it's uh, you know, pretty much an hour to two away from each other. Yep. <clears throat> um, but whereas down here, I mean, this this, you know, Atlanta really is the you know, the largest city in the southeast. Absolutely. And um, 
I think with that, you know, yeah, I will say that we have a good work ethic here, but it's not mm-hmm. because it's fostered by Georgians or Atlantans solely. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves more on, I think, is this culmination of creativity from a lot of other places, whereas yours truly is homegrown. You know, I'm sure you do get people that come there, but like, like you said, the, these are people coming from, you know, I don't even know what we would call it. Would it be a brown collar when you when you work in the fields, like you, like when you are literally working the land and raising cattle, um, you know, and working in industry? Uh, it's, yeah, I don't. I don't think overalls have collars, so I'm not. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure I've ever heard brown collar before, but uh, it's new. You know, yeah, I started something. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Um, I like it. <laughs> you know, uh, the the other thing that just um, uh, really uh, hits me is I, having just returned from uh, Los Angeles last week. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I do my share of traveling, so I see what's going on elsewhere. But, um, you know, where I was up in Santa Barbara and I wanted to be down um, in the Malibu area. And I realized, okay, well, I need to plan an hour and a half to get there, you know, um, uh, at least. It's one of those situations where there there is no commute time here. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You know, uh, so that two hours at the beginning and the end of your day, or even the hour at the beginning and end of your day uh, for mm-hmm. people in much more uh, metropolitan areas um, isn't there. I mean, uh, one of our designers that we just recently hired uh, moved in a couple of miles away from here and rides here on his bike and, you know, uh, <laughs> is here in 15 minutes and that's with enough time to stop and get a great cup of coffee. So, uh, you know, it, awesome. the commutes commute is an entirely different thing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's such a sore subject right now. Cause I don't know if you've heard what's happened yes. in Atlanta over the last month, but apparently <laughs> we don't have infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> did, did your second one get fixed by the way? The, uh, one that popped up in the middle of the highway? Yeah. yeah the gas, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, you, I just feel like I'm living in V for Vendetta a lot lately because, um, you know, these things happen and the news comes out and I'm like, you are so full of shit. Like, that is not true. Like, you know, like, like I think the uh, the collapsed highway is somehow a crackhead's fault. I'm like, yeah, nah, it's probably all like <laughs> – Somebody um, lit the fire. I'm just not sure who. Yeah. 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 I'm not buying that. I think, you know, they, they just waved at someone they thought didn't have family and nobody cared about them. Honestly, I think that's what happened. And, uh, to, you know, to replace the blame and who knows what's happening with, you know, the alien that's coming out of the ground on, on I 20 <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't cold. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys got hit with the shit stick pretty hard. I'm sorry about that, but it's just, <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. And, 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 you know, the sad part is, is my wife, um, she yeah. pretty much spends her days in the car shopping Ooh. for, um, you know, film and television. And, uh, it's been a nightmare for her too. Oh, so, um, I, I, I would welcome a non commute area and one that's relatively flat because Atlanta, uh, is not. And, oh, um, hey, yeah. It is all hills, man. It is crazy. Yeah, um, you, you adapt. You adapt. I'll, I, I'll bet that um, uh, all of the GPS devices that give you directions have uh, had to do some major uh, rethinking. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, as I was in L.A. driving around because it wouldn't be uncommon for the um, 
the Google GPS to come on and go, there's a faster route that will cut 20 minutes off here. And I'll go, oh, okay, yeah, right. I'll take that. And all of a sudden I'm driving through somebody's neighborhood, you know, right. and yeah. I'm, I'm realizing that somebody at Google has a bad sense of humor. They've got somebody that they really dislike and they're rerouting all of the traffic in LA through somebody's front yard, you know, just because they can. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's really funny, um, that was not, what's not funny, what's interesting is uh, th- this idea of how big things affect smaller things as well. And so, you know, all that's happened. I really don't need to use those highways at all. So it it's kind of doesn't necessarily affect me. Yeah. However, um, I live on a road that can be used as a cut through to another road. And so the traffic has increased so unbelievably um, exponentially that now our road that we live on is actually not doing so hot. Um, you know, it's getting, <laughs> you know, potholes and cracks and sinks because people, there's so much new traffic there. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's become a problem. And that's where infrastructure really, you know, we have to ask, like, what, what are you guys doing? What's your real plan? Because yeah. the latent effects of that is, um, really troublesome. And so uh, with that, I'm going to use this as a very poor segue, but the latent effects of of, of a poor rebrand can be uh, also troublesome and problematic. (laughs) And I think, you know, we've seen our fair share of things that we've been a part of, things that we haven't been a part of. And so in in your uh, experience, when you're tasked with a refresh or uh, I don't want to call it a rebrand because it's not necessarily like I'm not talking about the things where you, you, you know, uh, destroy the temple and rebuild it. But when well, you have no, to we call that a rebrand, yeah. whether we destroy the temple or not, we don't we seldom destroy the temple. Sure, sure. So how much do you keep, though? Like, how do you go about that? Sure. Um, well, let me, that let me kind of back up and say that about uh, two thirds of the work that we do is rebranding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so think about this, uh, a rebrand, um, a couple of things to differentiate here. Um, if you're branding from the ground up, then uh, you're either working with a, a large company and a product that they want to brand initially, and they've been a great, uh, you know, customer of yours, and you're in good shape. Or <clears throat> the much more prevalent case is, hey, we're trying to get a business off the ground and we hadn't even thought about marketing, so we don't have any budget for this, but what would it cost us, you know, to, to get into a, a good, you know, uh, uh, brand package from you? And uh, as you can imagine, really quickly, uh, rebranding becomes very appetizing to you because mm-hmm. you're usually dealing with a company that uh, uh, has critical mass that's going to be able to financially afford to properly uh, do what they're going to do. Now, uh, all that being said, a rebrand us, um, it, it, it is our favorite pro- It's our favorite project because it really gives you um, something that's going to require a greater depth of thought, um, really evaluating what kind of equity they currently have, good equity, mm-hmm. bad equity, how you're going to leverage what they have uh, to kind of move them forward. And, you know, there's there's a handful of reasons uh, for uh, a rebrand. Uh, it could be acquisition. Mm-hmm. It could be new uh, uh, management. In which case, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a matter of, yeah, I just want to put my, you know, face on it because I'm your new mm-hmm. manager. 
Um, it could be new products. It could be a new ethos that the company has. And, and those are really the four primary uh, reasons that you end up finding, you know, a, a, a rebrand. The, the fifth uh, that happens in there that kind of covers across the board is this loss of relevance. And uh, more often than not, those people that come in here uh, to talk to us about uh, a rebrand. And again, I don't look at that as a draconian term. I look sure. at that as something that could be draconian, but it more than likely is a softer, gentler uh, kind of approach. Uh, mm-hmm. But those people that come in, you know, through oftentimes no fault of their own over an extended period of time, poor stewardship of an identity or the likes uh, have come to a point where, uh, you know, uh, they have a lot of materials, none of which work together effectively. Um, they have a lot of mismessage that's out there. Um, uh, they, uh, they, they, they basically have found that they have lost relevance with their clients. And it's usually more a matter of the train is a little off the track as mm-hmm. opposed to the trains off in the middle of some other state, you know, um, right. uh, it's, it's usually an easily corrected course, um, in there. And, uh, you'll find that there are, uh, those clients that you're working for that really require very deftly dealing with, uh, the equity that they've established and, mm-hmm. uh, only, you know, gently massaging it. But uh, you also find those that, you know, the extent of the equity they want to hang on to is maybe their color is yellow and black, you know. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there you go. And here's our name, by the way. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, the the thing that designers have to keep in mind is that, you know, the, the majority of the groundwork is uh, uh, laid in advance of you ever doing any design work. And uh, that's part of the mark of why we maybe have continued to uh, maintain the uh, level of work that we do is because we, we spend a lot of time with the clients in advance uh, doing discovery, trying to figure out um, uh, what is uh, uh, their best position, uh, mm-hmm. trying to re-identify uh, their core groups that they respond to, uh, trying to define the personality of the business. And, um, you know, I, I will often uh, share that uh, uh, a couple of years ago, my daughter, uh, who's now 21, uh, mm-hmm. caught me getting ready to go out with my wife. And she uh, looked at a uh, jacket that I had pulled out of the closet and said, hey, you know, um, are you going to wear that? <laughs> <laughs> Which was her really polite way of saying, Dad, it's, you know, it's dated. And um, sometimes, you know, you kind of look at the uh, identity of a company as its wardrobe. You right. know, it, it's that visual external uh, appearance. And, you know, uh, how many of us, you know, continue to wear that jacket because it still has two sleeves, you know? It, right, right. You know, <laughs> it's all faithful. Yeah, it, it, that's it, you know, yeah. as opposed to what it actually kind of conveys about you to the people that are uh, meeting with you. So uh, that's that's a little bit of the foundation of uh, what we get into uh, on a project. So it, it can be uh, a dramatic uh, overhaul, uh, or it can be a very subtle massage, but, uh, that's all established with the client before we ever get into it. 
Certainly, yeah, and, and and the way I usually put it is it's evolution versus revolution mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of instances. Um, Though I've had some know, companies that need revolution, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, especially especially if there's an acquisition or a merger or some sort of like well, yeah. um, you know big large schism or shift. Um, yeah. That makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think what's really good is that um, is is to hear you say you know about the wardrobe because you know we talk a lot about humanizing a brand and starting to think about the brand as this uh, instead of an untouchable you know um, yeah it's like the, it's a person it's a human so if you had to describe this guy or this this woman how would you describe them why do they do the things they do what do they do for you know a living what do they do in their free time and what do they wear? Um, why do they wear that? And how does it all, you know, uh, add up? And, um, you know, marketing and advertising being what they say to people. Um, and I think once we start explaining like that to a lot of clients, they really start to get it and start to own it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, when, when we talk with uh, clients, we really do spend a lot of time talking to them about the personality of their company. Mm-hmm. And, by you know, there's, there's a variety of different ways that you can end up looking at um, the personality of a company. We, we tend to try and think of it in terms of, you know, if, if a company were actually an individual, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's that individual like? And uh, there are so many folks that really kind of focus on uh, demographic information, which is fine to some degree, but from a marketing perspective, I think that the psychographics that are associated with identity design are much more key than uh, uh, dealing with uh, the demographics. And the psychographics is kind of saying, okay, let's take your personality. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, <clears throat> and I don't, I don't think this is anything new to anybody, but uh, we, we tend to look at personality from the big five segmentations and say, you know, um, uh, and, and the big five are sincerity, excitement, uh, competence, uh, ruggedness, and sophistication. And okay. Uh, with within those, you know, if we were to say sincerity, you tend to think of companies like uh, Hallmark, Coca-Cola, Walt Disney. Um, they're uh, domestic, honest, genuine, cheerful, wholesome. This kind of uh, aspect uh, to the company. And by the way, no company is purely within any one of these five segments. Mm-hmm. Um, for excitement, um, you tend to think of companies that are often a little bit more youth-oriented, but they may be daring, spirited, um, a little bit more current, carefree. Uh, you you might look at, oh, I don't know, Airbnb, just because it's a different experience for a lot of people. Right. Um, Urban Outfitters, uh, Burton Snowboards, uh, North mm-hmm. Face, kind of give you a few that fit into excitement. Competence is this idea, and competence is kind of under, underrated, uh, and it shouldn't be because that really is what sells consumers. Um, right. But it's this level of reliability and responsibility. It's this wisdom that they've developed over the years. Um, it's their efficiency and dependability. You get into FedEx. um General Electric, Lexus, even like uh, KitchenAid, you know, I mean, all brands, mm-hmm. you know, I press the button and it's going to work. Um, right. Sophistication is one of those where it's, it is a little bit odd because sophistication can both be something that you have already acquired or it can mm-hmm. be something that you aspire to. Um, so sophistication is, you know, uh, uh, romantic, luxurious, pre- you know, oftentimes pretentious. It could be, you know, uh, fashion brands, Burberry, Chanel, uh, mm-hmm. Cartier, you know, uh, expensive liquors and the likes. Sophistication. Mm-hmm. And the last one is ruggedness. And uh, with that, you think tough, strong, outdoorsy, durable, athletic. And it's kind of Caterpillar, Levi's, Dodge, uh, Timberland. 
companies that kind of fit into there. So, you know, what we do is we, we spend time with a company trying to determine what is their personality. And they may come back and say, gosh, we think we're kind of like 70% competent and maybe 10% sincerity, <laughs> seriously, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 20, 20% luxury. And by doing that, you start to be able to, as you're thinking through this brand going, God, this is incredibly rugged looking, you know, brand that we're developing, but rugged wasn't on their sheet, you know, right. um, it's, it's more about sincerity or it's more. So, I mean, I'm giving a little bit away about how we end up managing and thinking through a client before we ever design for them. Sure. But I mean, that's why personality is so critical to uh, the ultimate identity that comes out for them and mm-hmm. how people associate with them. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and we do something yeah, similar, I think a little bit more, maybe maybe a little more uh, complex than necessary because that mm-hmm. sounds very direct and simple to grasp. Um, it, you know, where we have like a sliding scale of a bunch of different adjectives and I, I think mm-hmm. it kind of gives us a nice uh, a nice look. But thinking about it, we get a lot of middle of the road between those opposing adjectives where it, to me, it sounds like it's very easy to plot five. Like, where am I at on, on these scales? Where, you know, where does my brand fall now? Here's, here's the burning question. Yep. And, um, I think this will be a good way to close this one out is sure. where does Gardner design fall on the big five? God, you know, Joseph, nobody's ever asked me that. Um, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's got to be rugged because we're durable. We've lasted this long. Uh, no, I. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's right. Uh, stubborn, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah, stu- I'm going to add a sixth one in. It's going to be stubborn, damn it. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's an excellent question, and uh, I'm going to avoid answering it because whatever we're doing, uh, we seem to have kind of figured it out because it's not uh, – it, it's kind of like if it's not broken. Mm-hmm. I don't want yeah, to yeah. dive under the hood and start pulling wires. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, if I if I had to be the outsider looking in, I would yes, say. Sir. So is it all? I, I have to add up to one hundred percent, or can I be like completely mathematically incorrect? Oh, absolutely, please. Most of my okay. clients usually are. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, that's so, one hundred thirty percent. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you did say your work ethic was uh, a thing, <laughs> so I would say that you give two hundred percent. So okay. that's what I'm working with. I, I would see. say that you are a hundred percent. Uh, capable, right? It was one of them. Capability. Okay. Uh, yeah. you know. um, I would say uh, yeah. competence. Yeah. Yeah. So competence. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 one hundred percent competent. I okay. would say that you are a really good mix. Um, I would say maybe like fifty percent uh, sophisticated, but not in the snooty way. Good. Um, good. Forty forty percent rugged because you do have the fortitude to to get the job done and, and stick okay. with it. And, and what were the other ones? Um, uh, we, I think we missed uh, the sincerity and the excitement. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put both those to the side because I'm not very exciting or very sincere either one, I guess. Oh, I would totally, totally disagree. Uh, so I think maybe the last 100%. So I'd be 100%, um, 100% uh, competent and then yeah. maybe a really good mix of the other ones, just like evened out. Cause, cause I, I do see all that in your work and that's, that's where the true test comes through. Um, cool, man. Let's rewind, remind people how to, how to, how to follow you and how to follow the, um, the company. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, feel free to pop over to uh, gardenerdesign.com. And if you hit contact, all of our social media links are uh, uh, run through there. Uh, we usually uh, uh, Twitter uh, hashtag gardenerisms. Um, mm -hmm. So you can find us there. But um, we're delighted to have people kind of check us out. So. Fantastic. And I'll be sure to have all those links in the show notes along with some other cool stuff. And uh, one thing I started doing um, with this week's post is posting some uh, examples of the work that are, um, you know, exemplary of what you think is the best work. So I'll get those from you too. Okay. And uh, once Excellent. again, I appreciate the more time with you. It's been amazing. And, uh, you know, we'll talk next time. Hey, thank, thank you so you much. Too. Take care. Absolutely. Bye now. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.